In reading an interview with Australian composer Nigel Westlake, in which you said, Nigel, about being a composer, about being one of Australia's most loved composers, you said, I really thought I was finished musically. There was nothing more to be said. The muse had disappeared. Yes. Um, well, at that particular time, that's how it felt. And, uh, I, you know, when I said there's nothing more to be said, I didn't mean that I'd said it all musically by mm. any means. Um, I meant that um, th- there was no incentive to write. Uh, I guess the, the only – looking back on it now, and it's five years ago and, uh, this week, actually, uh, that we lost our son Eli, I think for the first 12 to 18 months – the, the thing that was most present in my mind was to keep memories of him alive. And so it was like a, keeping them in a vault and I didn't want anything to come in or, or go out. And I was so protective of those memories. I, I couldn't give way to anything. I couldn't give way to the creative process and to sit down and absorb my mind in a piece of music. It, my thoughts had to be with Eli and uh, that's, um, I guess that's, that's what drove us, drove me in particular to uh, to form the Smugglers of Light Foundation uh, in his memory, and so you know, t- taking the sort of mantle of, of his, you know, what, what he'd left behind, uh, and taking those memories, those um, the the maybe the you know thoughts about his future, the life that he might have had, his qualities of empathy of. of uh, of compassion and so forth, and kind of bundle them all up into a into a nice package called the the Smugglers of Light Foundation, and so that that gave me a kind of good focus to get that um, on the on the road, which of course starting something like that is is a very big uh, undertaking, and I knew absolutely nothing about <laughs> what I was doing, um, so. It was a very, very steep learning curve, you might say. But um, so musically, uh, yeah, that didn't seem important at that time for about the first year or so. But the the smugglers of light, there, there was there a moment where it was where it was just a seed was planted, and you said, "Yes, I'm going to create this. I'm going to run like this." And what did it look like? There sure was, Kurt. Uh, and interestingly enough, um, it was the week after. Eli had been killed and uh, you know being a, a young man with so many young friends um, they all descended on our house and they actually lived with us f- for about a week or so um, you know all these young people some some of them we knew quite well others we didn't know that well but they, they just at night they'd stoke up the fire and find a place on the on the on the floor or the couch and and sleep the night and there were never less than sort of 40 or 50 people in the house at any one time sort of a constant flow of of uh young people and also close friends of ours and and family and so forth and it was during that time that we got talking to these young people and they were saying how can we remember him you know how how can we kind of never forget him i think were the words that one of them used and and one of them said yeah we should form a some sort of charity or foundation or something. And, and um, you know, I sort of raised my glass and said, yes, well, here's to Eli's foundation. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not having a damn clue what I put myself in for. And, and it was, uh, you know, about three weeks later when the house was totally quiet and the, the chill of winter had set in and it was like a mausoleum. My wife and I were looking at each other and thinking, what 
the hell have we done? <laughs> yeah, how can we, you know, how, how do you start a foundation? And so um, you've made a promise to young people and they're well, going to hold you to that, aren't they? they? There were about 40 people there who were witnesses to me raising my glass. So I, had to, I had to keep that promise. Our and guest uh, on ABC Local Radio across Australia is Australian composer Nigel Westlake talking about the tragic event that has ultimately led to his Smugglers of Light Foundation. Did, did you ever want to kick all 40 of them out, <laughs> Nigel? <laughs> oh, look, I tell you, they were just so wonderful. Um, and we, we felt just so privileged to have them all there and um, they were so warm and, and giving and you know they uh, they were just, it was very inspirational and I was actually sad to see them go even, even though what had brought us together well I guess I suppose what had brought us together was the love for mm. for Eli you know that was a kind of unifying factor and uh, yeah when they left it was really sad you know everyone had to resume their lives I guess and, and kind of um yeah, but uh, and from from that time, we've maintained uh, very close relationships with a lot of them. And in, in fact, uh, on Friday, that's the anniversary of uh, anniversary of Eli's death. Um, we go up to the country where where we put him to rest, and you know, uh, every year we're joined by quite a few of the, of the young folk. They come up, they take the day off or whatever, and come up and uh, just be with us for a short time. So it's created a Wonderful connection there with, with a with a different generation and uh, yeah, there's so many things that I, I look to as positive outcomes from losing Eli because you can't you can't kind of wallow in the the tragedy of it really. You've got to you've got to find a way to use it as a catalyst to move on and and if that has been a catalyst for reconnecting with with those young people and and that's been a wonderful thing. So the passion, the, the the drive to get this started, the idea that you've committed, you've sat there in the lounge room, you've raised your cup, you've said that this was this will happen. How did you actually get yourself moving, get yourself going to do it? That's a, an ex- excellent question, Kurt. Um, the first thing I did um, was I went to um, APRA, the Australasian Performing Rights Association, uh, of which I've been a member since the mid-'80s. Now, that's a... a um, an agency for Australian composers uh, and uh, it's kind of the the lifeblood if you like of Australian music because that's where all the residual payments for music usage on TV, film, radio, wherever uh, live performance is collected and then distributed distributed amongst members and it's pretty much how someone like myself who is a freelance composer can focus on that full-time with with those resources and APRA have a wonderful history of connections with charities uh, they're very supportive of the Nordoff Robbins uh, Music Therapy Foundation mm-hmm. they also uh, are very uh, involved in Support Act which is a you know, support mechanism for retired musicians and composers. Uh, and Brett Cottle, the CEO of APRA, said, well, look, come in and, and talk about this foundation thing. And I, I went in with this long list of questions, <laughs> you know, and, and incredible apprehension and I just lacking in confidence, not knowing what I was doing. And 
And Brett said, well, this sounds great. You know, APRA would like to be a partner of this organisation and, you know, we'd like to supply you with um, all all the uh, accounting facilities and legal facilities here free of charge. And just to kick off the foundation, here's a grant. <laughs> and um, it was unbelievable. And uh, through through APRA uh, and our connection with, with them, that's how we've been able to really get off to a fairly quick start. I mean, we're still a very young organisation got a long way to go but uh you know we are doing stuff and i realize in the biggest scheme of things it's kind of a drop in the ocean but um at least it's it's something and it's something we feel very passionate about and and i'll tell you whenever i'm you know in indigenous communities or go to to sort of partake of uh, some of our programs uh, i really do feel uh eli looking down upon me um you know his his eyes are washed with tears of joy um yeah, it's a it's a great feeling to be able to take, yeah, that you know that tragedy and, and turn it into something that's uh, a tangible evidence of of him. And when in you a see way. when you see the day to day tangible evidence, what is it that we're seeing? What is it that Smuggler's Light is doing? One of our main uh, programs, Kurt, at the uh, at the moment is a thing called Song Nation, and we have a, a team of three people, uh, one of whom is. Uh, Gail Marbo, the daughter of the famous land rights campaigner Eddie Marbo. Gail has become the patron of the Smugglers of Light and she is a wonderful woman, a very dear friend and she saw what we were doing in Townsville a couple of years ago and, and came up and said, look, this is amazing guys, I want to be part of it and just tell me whatever I, you know, let me know whatever I can do to help. And so she's on the road with our, our team and uh, they go to remote communities um, this year we're, we're going to the Torres Strait, we're going to some far-flung communities in West Australia uh, and we spend uh, four or five days with the young children and the first thing we do is bring in uh, elders of the community and we get the elders to tell stories and tell about the history of, of, the, of the culture and origins and so on and then we get the kids to encapsulate uh, those stories into a, a form of music. Um, now, whether that be a, a kind of hip-hop song or if they can sing, we, we do that. And we kind of do a quick on-the-fly on production number with the kids uh, recording the, their song. And then we do a film clip, uh, which is choreographed. Gail helps do the choreography because she studied at the uh, Aboriginal Islander Dance Theatre uh, some years ago. And uh, so she's, she's great with all that stuff. And um, it's basically getting... The kids connected with their culture, which in some communities uh, is alarmingly, you know, fragmented, and you know the kids uh, have no reason sometimes to to speak to elders, so they don't really uh, have a handle on where they've come from or the heritage that they're kind of sitting on top of there, and mm. and so it, it it kind of gets them involved in in where they've come from, and and they get to express that through through music and film. And then the, the films are inevitably have very p- powerful, positive messages about reconciliation, about future aspirations, about dreamtime stories, that sort of thing. And um, those thing, those clips go up on YouTube and, you know, they, they attract tens of thousands of, of hits, and which in effect disseminates positive mantras throughout those communities. And, you know, when, when our team goes to communities... A lot of those kids 
know, already know most of the songs that we've written in other communities and um, they've got them as ringtones on their phone and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how they embrace it. So it's a very positive thing. And we've had school teachers come up to us saying, you know, where we've been part of the uh, – use the school as a kind of forum to create the Song Nation idea. Um, they said, look, the kids are, are now coming back to school. They're actually interested in learning and some of them are, you know, going to university next year. And so it's, it's, a, it's a very small thing, but it seems to have a very positive outcome. And so that's great. And the other thing that we're doing is we have an annual uh, scholarship for an Indigenous filmmaker or musician, just a, a small amount of money to help them to gain uh, skills in their chosen fields uh, and therefore open up doors for them uh, in, um, in their future opportunities employment-wise. Nigel, it's been fantastic speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. I think in talking about passion as children, our greatest fear is the loss of our parents. When we become parents, our greatest fear is the loss of our children. And um, Nigel Westlake, what you're doing there is uh, disenfranchised is probably a term we throw about too easily, but there are kids like our Indigenous kids all around the world who must feel like they're losing their stories. So to give them back to them is just brilliant. And I reckon Eli would be pretty happy with that. An amazing process, Nigel. Nigel, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks so much. Wonderful to talk to you.